Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the other Maxie, Brad Maxwell, formerly the North Stars, and he makes a pretty good cabinet these days as well. Brad, thank you for joining us tonight. No problem, Mike. I, I, I hate to do it under these circumstances, but you lost a pretty good teammate in uh, Tom McCarthy today, someone that you played with, someone that came up, someone that North Star fans recall with uh, with mostly fondness, although he had a complicated life. Uh, t- tell me about Mac. What was he like? Because he came, he didn't just come onto the scene. He burst onto the scene. Yes, he did. He was actually, you know, people that have been reading about this today and probably saw that he was drafted before Wayne Gretzky, uh, and he was just a phenomenal player. And... Uh, he came here. He was so young, and I can remember when he came here. And uh, you know, he got on, uh, you know, got on the line with uh, Broughton and Cicerelli, and uh, you know, they Mike, they were one of the best lines in the NHL in the you know eighties, eighty one, eighty two. Yeah, yeah. What, what was Broughton like on that line? Well, he was so quiet. Neil's such a quiet kid and stuff like that, but he's so talented and stuff like that. He just it all it all worked just perfectly for. You know, like Tom McCarthy had some of the best hands with a stick. I mean, he could knock down pucks out of the air, and he just he had that knack. And uh, he was just a very talented hockey player. When he first came here, did you know? Did you say this guy is going to be a fifteen-year, you know, eight-time All-Star? What'd you say? I don't know. You can just tell sometimes that he's going to be really good. You can't, you know, really go that far. But I mean, he just you could tell that Tommy Mack was going to be a really good player. What was he like as a person at that time? Because he he got a lot at, at a young age. Oh my God, he got he got a lot of stuff, and you know he was very young when he came in and stuff like that. But he was just Tommy never got mad at anybody. He was always jovial, and he always treated everybody. I can remember times that at the Met Center there where they had the the staff and stuff, the, the kids that looked after the uh, um, the the Zamboni and all that sure. kind of stuff. He was, he was best friends with them. He just treated them like they were just, uh, they were his buddies. Now it's, he was living down in Mexico and as near as we know, it was a heart condition that took him at age 61, huh? Yes. He had, uh, uh, aortic aneurysm and, uh, 
he was down in Mexico and he was trying to open up a restaurant. He was about a week from opening up this restaurant. Uh, he'd been working on, he's always been in the food business. You had Max Fish and Chips and, uh, he, you know, his family owned that. And then, but he, so he's always kind of been in the food part of it and stuff. So he was trying to open that up down there and didn't quite get there. Has he been down in Mexico for a while? I'm not sure how long he's been there. I mean, it just, uh, I was surprised that he was even there. I mean, yeah, with Tommy Mac, that, you never know where he's going to pop up. Let's be honest, Maxie. Yeah, you don't you don't know. I mean, he could be in one place. And I can remember sometimes we were going and he'd show up five minutes before the plane was going to leave. And it's just, <laughs> he, he was just, a, he was a prize. But he was a, he was a hell of a nice guy. Did he drive Louie nuts? Oh, God. He did Louie. Why do you think Louie doesn't have any hair? <laughs> It was Tommy Mack, huh? I think it was. It was like, well, probably more than Tommy Mack, but it was like yeah. he was one of the he was one of the instigators. Now, now, at that point in time, I mean, obviously we didn't have social media, but the, you know, the, things were pretty well covered. We also didn't have a cable package where you know all eighty two games were on the air. It was you know it, it was rare that you'd catch the, the North Stars on the air during the regular season. It was just a different time. Uh, w- w- do you think that the players and, and he and you were, were better served at that time because it it wasn't as invasive? You didn't have to worry about somebody pulling out their phone and a camera uh, and, and all those things that go with it today? Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, the the less uh, media that was there, I mean, we didn't have a lot. And, uh, you know, cell phones weren't involved and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm sure that like anything that if it had been back in there, we would have just had to be a different way. Just like the wild players now, you know, they, they behave themselves. They watch what they do and they take care of themselves. Now, now Tom McCarthy had some issues later uh, after the North Stars in, in his hockey career. He, he did five years in prison for, uh, in essence, drug trafficking, driving, driving marijuana from California to, to Minnesota. And he got caught. Uh, what was that period of time like for you guys as friends? Were, were you shocked? Were you in touch with? What was that like when you, when you saw him go through that? Yeah, we were all just shocked, you know, because, but, you know, like you said, and we talked about, you don't know where Tom's going. Yeah. And, you know, the, like Louis said, I heard him say earlier or something like that, that, you know, Tom did a lot of things that he, he, he probably thought were okay, but he probably shouldn't have done, you know, and uh, he lived in, you know, he learned his lessons. Yeah. But just pure talent, he had it, huh? Oh, my God. He was just, Max, he was, uh, he, he had so much talent. I mean, to watch, uh, Broughton and Cicerelli and him play. Uh, it was just, they were so good. And they, they were, you know, for me as a defenseman, it, it was easy. I just had to move the puck out of my zone and give it to him, and they were gone. <laughs> just get, make the pass, make sure they're not they're on sides and go, huh? That's it. Yeah. It was a more wide-open style then, too, wasn't it? It was a little bit more like the East is today, wasn't it? Yeah, but, you know, if you look at, I, I watch the Wild, I watch the NHL quite a bit and stuff like that, and I see games where I see where, you know, defensemen have so much more room. They go back in the end zone, pick up the puck, and they're they're skating around the net, and they're coming out, and they're making the play at the blue line, uh, where back in our day, it was a little tighter. I mean, it was like you were getting run in the boards when you're going back to pick up the puck, and some of the rinks were smaller than others, and some were bigger, and it just depended on where you played. I mean, you played in Boston, you played in Chicago or Detroit. Those rinks were awful tiny, and, it, you know, there was you put all those bodies on the ice, there's not a lot of room. What was Hartsburg like to play with? He was Archie was great. He was such a talented person, and he just he was a leader. I mean, he just was a leader by choice, and he uh, everybody everybody followed uh, him all the time. 
Now, I, I, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask you a couple hockey-related questions based on what the Wild are doing this year. When you look at Kirill Kaprizov, and uh, obviously he's captured the imagination of uh, this fan base for sure, but as a hockey player, what do you see? He's incredible. I mean, it, it's like, I mean, it's Max, it's like anything else. If you watch all the great players in sports, if you watch Gail Sayers and you watch Wayne Gretzky and you watch, you know, all the great baseball players and, and hockey players, uh, that played the game and stuff. It's like they could see the game, the play before it happened. I mean, they were like above, they were like a little ghost that was riding around 10 feet above and they could, Gretzky could always see, uh, you know, two minutes before the play was going to happen, that it would happen. He'd be in the right spot. And, and Kaprizov has that same feel. He does. I mean, he just, he, he senses it. He's in the right spot. He moves so well and he does everything good. I mean, the stick handling and the, uh, the shooting and stuff. He has a phenomenal shot, and as everybody knows, but he's just a—he's just a one. He—he's he's just come into his own, and uh, you know, he, he's just somebody that people are going to watch forever. God bless uh, Willie Platt and Basil McRae, but we don't see the fisticuffs like it seemed like we used to see on an every night basis. Is that good for hockey? How, how do you approach that? I think it's good for hockey. I think the NHL are trying to steer away from that, um, and I think that they're. You know, I can remember back in our day at the Met Center when a fight broke out, you had eighteen thousand people standing up cheering. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's changed a little bit now. Is I think the fan base is people are that are going to games now. They're wearing suits. They're not wearing North Star jerseys and you know old blue jeans. And they, it's a kind of a different uh, different type of atmosphere. Do, do, do you have one fight that you remember somebody you tangled with that stands out? God, I've got you can go on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of them, but it's like. And not that I always wanted to be noted for a fighter, but it's uh, I had one one time with uh, Stan Jonathan from Boston, and he was uh, he was a tough little kid. I mean, his head was like a brick wall, and mm-hmm. uh, him and I had a really good tangle. And we had one. The other one I probably remember was with Tiger Williams at Met Center. And, and what precipitated this? Was it something that happened between you, or did they go after one of your high end scores? What happened? Well, the one with Tiger Williams in Minnesota, there was kind of a bench opening brawl, and somehow he just felt the need that he had to hunt me down. And then, so I don't know what happened, but uh, I think I did pretty well. And uh, I know after the uh, after the game was over, we both got kicked out. And so at Met Center, you go up in the elevator, you go to the press box, and he got I get in the elevator, and all of a sudden the door opens, and all of a sudden Tiger walks in, and. He goes, uh, oh, that's a really good fight, kid. He says, I've never been cut before. And you look at his face, and he looked like he'd been in a slaughter. So I just I so after you fought him, you ended up in the same elevator having a conversation with him? Yeah, going up to the press box at uh, Met Center. And you're just talking casually about the fact that you just were pummeling each other? Yeah, that was it. You know, and it was like it was over. And, you know, the game was over, and uh, it was all done. <laughs> Those are some different times, Maxie. Yes, they are. And, yeah. it's, uh, you know, but uh, I would just like to match if I can. Yeah. It's like, I'd like to see if, uh, you know, Minnesota fans, North Star fans would reach out. There's a there's a Facebook page now with a GoFundMe thing to help Tom's family. Yeah. And if, I, if they would reach out there because his family's not rich and Tom didn't have a lot. So if uh, some of those fans that uh, really enjoyed watching Tommy play, We'll reach out and uh, help out a little bit. That'd be great. And, and how many? Uh, how big is his family? His family is uh, his father's gone. Uh, his brother uh, Bill is, uh, and they all still live in Minnesota. His mother and his sister 
Uh, all live in Minnesota. Really? They stayed here? They stayed here. So. Wow. Well, Brad, appreciate it very much. Hopefully we can talk during the playoffs at some point in time and break down a wild series, if you would. That would be great. You can call me anytime you want. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. Brad Maxwell, the one and only. And he does, um, I just started with him a few years ago. He, he has a garage. He does like, uh, he'll make your, your cabinets for your home, you know, custom make them when you hear that. And he doesn't advertise thing. He just does it word of mouth because he stays so busy. But uh, it's it's quite a process that he's got there. And he just goes out there and that's his office and his shop right outside his uh uh, home. He's one of those guys that, you know, he's not going to tell you that he's an NHL player. If you see him, he's about as uh, uh, normal and nondescript as they come. And I say that in the best possible sense. Uh, but he's just, he found his calling in life. He, li- he likes to do woodwork. He likes to build things. He's content with that in his garage. And he does uh, uh, really some fabulous high-end work, you know. Uh, the NHL or the NBA, what are the better playoffs? Tubbsy and I will talk about it when we come back. Stay with us on Sports to the Max. Ah, yes, the spring fling. It's uh, it's a cool time of the year for the NBA and the NHL teams in the market that you live in are both the playoffs, and certainly that'll be the case here. The the, the Wild will be in. The Timberwolves uh, are in uh, right here on WCCO on um, on Saturday. They play their first game against Memphis. As, uh, we'll have the Twins as well with the Boston Red Sox coming up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Tubbsy, your first recollection of hockey in Minnesota, do you go back to the North Stars or, or did, 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 is your first recollection when the Wild came to town? I remember the tail end of the North Stars and their run against the Penguins. And that, yeah, that's 91, kind of, yeah. Yeah, 91. That, that's kind of when I started to really follow. So what would have been about 16 or so? Sure. Um, because growing up in southwestern Minnesota, I know that there's – the hockey was not something that was available to us. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I, I, I mean, yeah. you know, you're like, oh man, you see all these youth hockey programs all over the state. Well, where the hell was that when I was, yeah. you know, when I was growing up? I mean, I I played. Yeah, baseball. Who, whoever thought they'd have a team in Laverne and you know Laverne and Redwood and yeah. Marshall, and you're like, yeah. I mean, I played floor hockey and I loved it. I loved floor hockey, but I never got a chance uh, to play like. But I was still a fan of it. I didn't necessarily understand it, but I was a fan of it. And, you know, now that I'm older, I mean, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, an elite puckhead, but I think I know I, I know enough to be able to watch, you know, watch a game and understand what's going on. You know on. what icing means. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so that being said, uh, do you enjoy the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs more? Typically, I enjoy the NHL playoffs because I just... Really? I, yeah, I feel like there's a whole level of intensity there that we don't ever see. But this year, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably going to be more invested in the NBA because, I mean, when the Wolves were there in 17, 18, I mean, we knew they didn't have a chance in the world against against Houston. Houston. Yeah, I mean, we knew that. And, and, I mean, even living in Houston, people are like, oh, man, the Wolves. I'm like, you don't have to worry about it. The Wolves. Were you in Houston at that time? Yes. Yeah. And and I was actually working – uh, with a lot of uh, you know people that were connected with the Rockets, so I mean I I enjoyed the NBA playoffs, but now that I see the Wolves and the fact that they won their game against the Clippers, and you look at the matchup against Memphis, and I I feel like they've got a punching chance. I mean, if yeah. they would have played Phoenix, I would have been like, forget about it, you're going to get steamrolled. But now I'm like, I think for that very reason that there's legit optimism. I think that's why I I will probably be more invested in 
the NBA playoffs. But, but, that I but why would you, as someone that would have his choice in a given night, why mm-hmm. would you choose to watch NHL over the NBA? Or the NBA would, you know, especially as this pyramid gets tight, yeah. it is the most talented athletes in the world. It, it is. I just, I feel like it's just, it's faster paced. I feel, and it's just, it's. It's just more intense. It's like every shift means something. Every well, and, and, and especially when you get, and this isn't uncommon, a tie game or an overtime game. Yeah, I, I mean, when you get to the, you know, if you get to, you know, five minutes left to go in the third period, yeah, and it's a tie game, or you, you know, a team's down one, you're like, okay, do they pull their goalie early yeah. the other day? It's like, you, you got to, every little bit matters, you know, where, where's the puck? You know, to me, it's like, I just, I feel like I'm zoned in more. There and I think too, be yeah, a part of it is just the wolves have been so bad for so long. I've become a casual when the playoffs come around, I'm a casual NBA fan, but it seems like I'm just much more invested in the NHL. I, I just I can't figure out why. I just well, think it'd that, be interesting to see because it is interesting right off the top here with, with the Timberwolves, for example, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you start to study the Clippers, whereas the Clippers, I would give just a passing thought. Do I know who their key players were? And that'd be about it. Yeah. Now Memphis, you start to break down and mm-hmm. you go, okay, if there's any chance they beat Memphis, oh, Golden State, you know, all of a sudden it drags you into the entire league. You, you get know? down into a rabbit hole and then you start thinking, okay, yeah, I I could totally see this happening. Yeah. And yeah, but the, but the, when it gets fun is then you start to study other teams and you start to go oh well, how would we match up with that team you know that that's when it gets fun you know as opposed to most times to your point where, where the team's not in the playoffs and you know, so therefore you don't unless you have a vested interest in yeah. somebody you really don't care who wins you like to see a good game from time to time yeah. that's much different than saying. Well, let's see. How would our big three match up if, if they could win this game? Then how mm-hmm. would we match up with that? Boy, we've got a we, we've got a straight path here to the finals. Yeah, I, it's I, a I mean, much it's, different nuance. It's not like I'm sitting here looking and say, "Oh, Luka Doncic is out uh, with that calf injury," you know? Yeah, What's yeah, yeah caring, but 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 now no, they wouldn't play Doncic, you know, obviously no, yeah, because no. where they're seated. But uh, to your point, uh, y- you go. Don check out, man. If the Wolves can just get through this series, then they get Dallas, man. They got a chance. You start looking. All of a sudden, it's different. You start looking two or three steps ahead. I think that's what's killed the Gopher basketball over the last several years is, you know, you're not even looking at the other Big Ten teams or who they might match up with Mm -hmm. because there's no reason to. No, You know know when they get to the Big Ten tournament, it's over. They're not going to get, you know, go beyond. Maybe that'll You know what your limits are. Yeah, yeah, you know what their limits are. You, you know they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. So you, you you quit watching not just that team, but you quit watching the other teams, which is when it gets kind of fun, when, when, you, when you start to picture and imagine, and what if this plays out, and what about this scenario? Mm-hmm. That's when it gets fun to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's just human nature that if the team that you're rooting for is out or they don't, you know, they never had a chance to begin with, I feel like unless you have, and, and this is part of the reason why I do a lot of, of daily fantasy. You know, it's a reason why I do a lot of fantasy sports. Of, now you're talking yeah, about daily yeah. fantasy sports yeah. or, you know, gambling or whatever. It's like, to me, that's a way for me to, I mean, I could sit and watch it and be, and it would be fun. But for me, I just, I feel, I feel like I have to but be, if you got invested a taste in it, it, isn't it become an obsession real quick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, and it's all in moderation, too. You know, I'm not out there, you know, putting 300 or $400 on, you know, on the puck line, you know, for the Knights and the Kraken or, you know, whatever. I mean, to well, me, it's all, no. no, it's all, for me, it's more fun and entertainment. Okay. And it's just a little something fun on the side. But I guess getting back to 
That's you know. the way it started for Dark, remember? Yeah, I'm, well, <laughs> see? Well, I mean, you know, if you can get mentioned in the same in the same breath as Dark, then you're doing something right. All right. When we come back, he is a local, and this USFL starts this weekend, and he is a director of player personnel for New Orleans, and they drafted a former Viking. I don't even know how this all works, but we'll sort it out when we come back on Sports to the Max. Welcome back. Joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Matt Bookmeyer, I got to know. He, he He's from here, St. Thomas, and the Canadian Football League he's been an executive in. He's seen all kinds of things. Now he's part of the new USFL, which is uh, christening itself uh, with the New Orleans Breakers and beyond on Saturday. Uh, Fox will carry them on a national TV contract, and he's in the middle of a director of player personnel, and he joins us now from the Big Easy, where it's probably a lot warmer, Matt, than it is here. Yeah, hey, Maxie, after I listen to that weather, uh, I am really glad where I'm at. That's all I'm going to say because <laughs> I don't want to give out the weather report, but trust me, I hear about it daily. Uh, and we're actually we're actually in Birmingham. It's a, We're doing a hub city format. Oh, I didn't realize that. So all your all your meetings and your training sessions are in Birmingham, even though you're the New Orleans Breakers. Yeah, we are. And then then the plan is to uh, next year go into the markets and and do that. And so we're very excited about it. Our first uh, our first game is Easter Sunday uh, in the afternoon. So hopefully people have a little ham and then then enjoy uh, a little football in the afternoon when there's three football games on now, between now tell- Fox, uh, NBC, and stuff like that. Tell, tell me how you ended up down there. What was your connection? How'd you end up with this job? Uh, I ended up with this job through a friend of mine down in, with actually with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he connected me to, to Larry Fedora, who's the head coach here uh, with the New Orleans franchise. Larry and I uh, talked in the morning, and then uh, I was offered the job in the evening, and and, and that's kind of how it happened. It happened in about 24 or 36 hours, and uh, the next thing I know is we're drafting an entire team full of players, and that's uh, 20 days later. So, okay. so, uh, so, so it was a, a, a quick race. Well, but explain this to me because, because I look at your draft picks and, and, and your number one pick for you is a guy named Kyle Sloter, who we know well yeah. because he was up here. I mean, I used to watch him throw after practice, you know, Kirk Cousins and that group, Mannion, and he had a cannon. And he's from Northern Colorado. He's with the Broncos. They claimed him off of waivers, got him here. They made a trade for him. I can't remember, but, but, but he never really got to play a lot here, just, you know, in pieces here and there. Uh, but when I watched him in practice, I thought, wow. But, but how is he eligible for the draft? How do these draft rules work for, for the USFL? Well, what they had to do was they actually had to sign a contract with the league. And then once they signed a contract with the league, we had the opportunity to draft them, and uh, there were about 900 players who eventually signed that. And we talked to Kyle a lot about this, and we thought Kyle needs to play at a regular game. Kyle needs to play at the pro level, and Kyle needs to be able to play an entire game and, and you know do that sort of stuff. So <clears throat> when we were talking to him, we were hopeful we got him, and, and we did get him. And you know, knowing, being from there and knowing uh, you know several of the people with the Vikings, I was able to. You know, have have good conversations about it. Our coaches were familiar with him, and actually, if you can believe it, it goes so far back that our head coach Larry Fedora sent Kyle out of a small Christian school in Atlanta, yep. at Southern Mississippi, and oh, then wow. when Larry left for North Carolina. Kyle transferred to to UNC. So well, yeah, he was he wasn't playing him at quarterback either. Then was he? No, no, he wasn't. He had him running. He had him a tight end at that point. So even Larry will tell you that he 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 the best coaching job he did was not screw the kid up. So, um, but, but, but Matt, so anybody that that uh, is not under contract with another league, I, I assume would be first and foremost. But anybody that wants to then can commit themselves 
and be eligible for the draft, how many years you played in the NFL, none of that stuff matters. Yeah, none of that really mattered. We evaluated them, and then we evaluated many, many players uh, as a league, and then those, that, that pool went in, and then from that pool we drafted, uh, we, we drafted our, our first 35 players, and then we drafted another 10 in a supplemental draft uh, about 10 days later after we figured out where we needed to backfill our roster and things like that. So That's quite a process. So, so now the spring leagues have, have come and gone. Why do you think this one will work? Well, I, I believe, and I, and I know this one will work because, because of the people involved, first and foremost. But, but most importantly, uh, Fox Sports uh, owns this league and has committed to this league uh, significant resources to ensure that, it, uh, that it is successful. And, uh, you know, our, our, our vice president of football operations is, is Daryl Johnston. Uh, from Fox, Mike Pereira is sure. involved. He's helping on the officiating side. We oh, have, you uh, got Pereira helping, huh? Yeah, right. right. I, I did a bank with him a few and, years ago. Yeah, yeah, and his jokes. So and his jokes, yeah, and they, and they come with it every time, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so you know, and and we got uh, our, our officials are all from uh, Power Five conferences, and actually seventeen. I think I think he gave this number seventeen a couple weeks ago. Seventeen are in the NFL pipeline, and at least seven or eight will be on NFL sidelines this fall. Uh, so, so it's, it's really an opportunity for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. Okay. So, and, uh, well, I was just gonna say, so let's say they, they watch you play on Sunday and an NFL team goes, well, I really like that kid. We got to get him in here for off season workouts and mini camps though, if we want him, otherwise I'm not interested. How does that work? Are, are you a minor league, uh, de facto or not? No, no. In fact, I, I would call us a pure standalone league. Uh, and, and completely separate. It doesn't mean there aren't partnerships. It doesn't mean you don't work in conjunction with, and you don't look at these players as as having that potential opportunity. But from from the it, it, the uh, the principal purpose behind this is to be a standalone league on our own, and that's where the support of Fox is huge. The players are are not actually eligible to go to the NFL until their contracts are up, and. Uh, our last game, you know, hopefully with the Breakers, is, is July 3rd in Canton, Ohio, where we're going to play our championships this year. And, uh, and after that, they, they are eligible to sign with, with NFL teams. And there's a lot of players here that have a lot of NFL aspirations, and there's a lot of players here that, that have uh, NFL caliber talent as well. Matt Bookmeyer is our guest director of personnel for the New Orleans Breakers and from here originally. How does this compare to your experience in the CFL? I would say the talent level is is probably is is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that it's a lot different in terms of the fact that we have uh, uh, you know a hub city format that is very different. I've never been a part of something like this where you have eight teams spending the entire year in a same hotel mm-hmm. with coaches and staffs and things like that. So you're getting to know uh, the opposition really well too. Well, yeah, and the opposition, you know, half the opposition you already know, right? Mm-hmm. You know these players, you know their names, you've seen them somewhere else. Uh, we've had guys, you know, from, from Canada that have come down. In fact, uh, we're working on a guy right now who is, is uh, you know, we hope we, hope we can get it done. Uh, he's the, uh, he was the first, he was the first round pick in the Canadian League, and he chose to, to come here because he wants to, he wants to show the NFL that, that he can play here and things like that, so we're excited about it. There's a couple of guys on our team here from the CFL that I, that I worked hard to get here and, and advocated for. So I, I'm very proud of our team. I'm very proud of our roster. And I, and I think we got a good roster. How it plays out, I, you know, that's yet to be seen. But we'll play 10 games and 
hopefully we're in the championship at the end of the year in July. So when you put a roster together that quickly, is a lot of that just based on video and a phone call? Because you, you don't have time to watch a lot of, you know, college all-star games and stuff, I would assume. Right. Right. You know, the benefit I, that this, that, you know, this staff that I'm with has is that a majority of them, in fact, most of them are, are from the college ranks. So their pipelines are pretty deep when we started calling around about players. So we would watch the players, evaluate them, give them a grade, you know, start stacking boards, things like that. Then, then we would start having them make calls and do the background and what can we learn about a player or something like that. And, and, and having the relationships that these guys do across the country with high school coaches, junior college coaches, coaches they've served with that are now at other schools, things like that. It was, it's really beneficial, you know, so it, it's been a, it was helpful from that standpoint in terms of selecting these players. And, and how, we've also got players that they're all for, also familiar with too, as well. Sure. And that's helped. And how big are the rosters? We got 45 guys on the roster and there will be 38 active on game day. So it's a pretty tight roster. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got, you got a, the guys that are playing special teams are playing a lot of football and the innovations that they're doing here during the games are amazing. There's going to be a chip in the ball. There's the what is, what does the chip in the ball do? Uh, I, there's metrics involved and I think they're going to be able to track the ball in the air. They're going to be able to judge hang times on punters. They're going to be flight times, arm strength, ball speed, all these things that you never think about, uh, when you're, when you're sitting there. And then we're also going to have double sky or, uh, double sky cams. So you'll be able to see it. There's going to be drones flying around watching us from behind. I mean, it's, there's, there's some stuff going on that you don't even think about, but then again, you have the Fox aspect and they want to see how it all works too. So. Yeah, so generally, I mean, they're playing with things that they think they could introduce to the NFL or at minimum to their broadcast in the fall. Absolutely. There is a there is a large component that is that is part of that, and I think it's great because a lot of the things that they're doing are so innovative and, and so unique and so much fun. I mean, even from a broadcast perspective, we're gonna it's going to be simulcast. The first game is Saturday night, and it's Birmingham, um, uh, and it's Birmingham versus New Jersey, and they're gonna. It's gonna be simulcast both on Fox and NBC in the evening Saturday night. I think well, that's maybe the second time ever something like that's happened. So. Now, now, if Fox owns the league, then how does a coach get fired? I mean, because they, they just want enough teams to play, right? I mean, who holds who accountable? I guess is what I'm saying. Well, we're held accountable to the league, and uh, you know, we're held accountable to each other. And you know, with a 10 game season, you know, hopefully we're all able to get through it successfully. And, and make our way through it. But I'm, you know, I'm confident of that too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think the enthusiasm behind it is great here. We're, we're, they're very committed. We're all committed to it. And we're working hard to put a great product on the field, and that's what the most important thing too. Matt, and last, I think people would probably be shocked if they knew how many good football players and players that they had heard of uh, just want a shot. I, I, I mean, I'll bet you are just inundated and overly inundated uh, from agents or players, and I'm talking about uh, Power Five conference players uh, that are just looking for guys that have accomplished a lot that are just looking for a shot. Well, yeah, and and you know the draft pools this, the last year and then then the next couple of years, including this year, are going to be so so large due to the COVID problems, and yeah. the transfers, and the, the so so even the NFL draft pool that's usually you know, roughly 800 is now is now up to 1600. Those are doubled. So these there's just not enough spots for all these guys. And we're hopeful then that some of these guys come along and want to play here as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that down the road. But but uh, I'm really excited about it. I think we've got a great young team. I think there's a lot of coaches that are really good around here. There's several. I mean, there's a, a couple of kids from Minnesota. You, you know, between Sloter, there's uh, uh, Jake Lucina's here. 
and Evan sure. Heim from 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 Minnesota State. So Jake, yeah, Augustana and Minnesota State, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're down here playing offensive line, and they're playing on the same team next to each other in New Jersey, and you know, and and the Minnesota connections. I mean, there there's there's Gopher all over the place down here. I mean, between, are there? Uh, Oh my gosh! I mean, Gordy Shaw's here. Used to be there for a long time. What's Gordy doing down there? Just checking things yeah, I, out. I don't know, but every 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 morning I get my weather report from Gordy. Yeah, and then uh, and then Mark Snyder and Kevin Holland's oh. the head coach in Houston, so they're on the same staff down oh, there. Oh boy! And then I, I know. And then uh, you know, uh, 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 Skip Holtz is here. Is he? He's oh yeah, coach. he's a head coach, right? Yeah, he's the head coach, and so that you know, we get. Oh. Well, we lost Marty. That's okay. Just text him and tell him that that's okay because we're at the end of it anyway. So it was the, it was the right time to lose him. If there's a right time to lose him, Tubbsy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and when we come back, Tubbsy and I will throw out our thoughts on spring football. Stay with us. Welcome back, Sports of the Max. Joining us in the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Chris Tubbs. Tubbsy, I, I I don't know. You know, it, it sounds to me like another spring football league. Like I've heard this played this song played five times before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to have innovation. It's going to have a chip in the ball. It's going to have graphics, all that stuff. Uh, and it, it sounds good, but but I don't know that you can negate uh, appetite for football in the spring. I, I, I've never thought that it's that big. I, I, we have our own kind of sports biological clocks. And that tells us that in September, football season starts. And, 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 they, and they have talented players and coaches and no shortage of that. But, but, but to me, it's a steep hill to climb. Yeah, and I mean, you look at a couple of years ago when the Missouri Valley Conference and some of the the Power Five, yes, North Dakota State was playing. They, they had to do it in the spring, and I kind mean, of, I'd call it the forgotten season. Yeah, yeah, attendance was was awful. I mean, people forgot about it because. We are. We, just, we don't want that then. No, you know? and, and as much as we feel like we want football 365, we do. We do, yeah. But, but we, we want, want the, the NFL. And we want transactions. We, yeah, and we, want, we, yeah. we, we got an offseason, but, but our clock tells us what we want and what time. Yeah, you know? th- this, this works for the first couple of weeks because of the curiosity. After that, it's like, okay, we're not going to see Justin Jefferson out there. Eventually, that's what you say. Well, if Justin's not out there, then why don't I just wait for Justin? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald's not out there. I, I mean, you can have these. I mean, good Lord, they can't. You know, preseason games are death in the NFL. You yes. Know, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, and they're trying to hit this market. But I just feel like it's it's overkill. Like, people at that point, you need to decompress a little bit. and. You move on, especially right. when it's yeah, in the that's spring. That's the way I want to do it, right? Yeah. I want the four seasons. I want different, you know, I want to think about baseball for a while. And then eventually football come back Yeah, in. I think about going let's to the cabin playoff and playoff thing like here. Yeah. yeah, let's fish and then go watch that uh, that West Coast Conference final in the NBA. You know, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and I told you, Maxie, I, I think one of the problems with some of these spring leagues outside of the Alliance of American Football that, you know, was there for like four or five weeks you got the XFL. You got the USFL. These are brands that failed before. And if you look at it from a marketing and PR standpoint, the XFL is a damaged brand. I don't know that there's enough that Dwayne Johnson can do outside of attaching his name to it that's going to resurrect it and make it something that people want to watch. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing with the USFL. You look back in the in the 80s. I mean, it's Steve Young. It was Jim Kelly. I, I mean – you're taking a brand that was dormant and you're trying to revive that. And I just, I, I just feel like it just doesn't work. Like you tried a new format and a new league with the AAF. It didn't work. XFL didn't work. 
I just, as much as I want it to work. Jesse Ventura as a color commentator couldn't save the XFL. Yeah. And that's and, when he was the sitting governor. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's just so hard, Max. The, the good thing is, though, for a guy like Matt Bookmeyer and others is, mm-hmm. you know, you can prove yourself. Absolutely. And, and that may take you someplace to a college or, a, you know, an NFL team. But there may, it may be a stepping stone for you, the people that get the opportunity and, and a handful of players. It's all about the next step. I right. mean, th- this isn't. It's like this is a stepping stone to whatever's next. The USFL is not a stopping point. But for can anybody. you imagine if you're all in the same hotel? Mm-hmm. I mean, your network's going to grow exponentially like in three weeks, right? Because you're going to eat with the other teams. You're going to see them. You're going to be out with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever network it is that you want to build, if you're a young football person, yeah, would that be a paradise or what? And, and, and I mean, you know, Max, it's business that's all about networking. And you're putting stuff on tape, as they would say. For the next employer, that's that's all it is. So it's it's a constant job interview, and I know I know they want this to work, and I would love to see something work. But I mean, history has shown that the concept it just logistically. But did you, did you understand work. when I asked that question? I hadn't thought about that. But if the league owns it, who decides who gets fired and who gets hired? I don't know. See, you know what I'm the league hasn't even started because they need bottom of the league. Uh, Teams too. Well, I know, but you're already hoping somebody gets canned, and they no. But I'm going. But, but who who makes the call if, if 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 a corporation owns the whole thing? I have no idea. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, soon we enough, will huh? find out. <laughs> Maxie's hoping somebody gets canned. For the I record. just want to see who fires who. How it <laughs> there works. You go. All right, Dubsy Henry Lake coming up next with a whole bunch of good stuff on CCO. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details